the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. West African pirates clearly didn't get the memo on social distancing. Undeterred by the global coronavirus pandemic, piracy is still rife and insecurity in the Gulf of Guinea in particular continues to blight the lives of seafarers working in the region, as if they didn't have enough to worry about. Crew kidnappings in the Gulf of Guinea grew by more than 50% last year and accounted for over 90% of global kidnappings at sea. Just because the rest of the world is in lockdown, the pirates are not holding back and the threat, if anything, is increasing. As we record this on Friday the 3rd of April, global COVID-19 cases have just passed the 1 million marker, rising by just under 80,000 or 8.5% over the last 24 hours alone. Such news may be of little consequence to the pirates, but with new containment measures at ports and hinterlands being imposed with little or no notice, seriously hampering crew changes and cargo operations, seafarers are finding themselves working under increasingly challenging conditions. Adding heightened security vigilance into the mix is unfortunate timing, but this week industry organisations supported by governments and military organisations published the latest best management practice guidelines, urging seafarers and shipping companies to take precautions seriously. Joining me this week to discuss the new BMP guidance and assess the current risk levels, I have a podcast regular on security issues, BIMCO's Head of Safety and Security, Jakob Larsen. But to start me off this week, I had a conversation with the renowned piracy expert and lawyer Stephen Askins, a partner at Tatham & Co. As someone currently dealing with the hostage negotiation of several crew being held by pirates in the region, he is only too aware of how much more difficult the coronavirus lockdown is making this situation for everyone. Pirates do not feel constrained at all by not only the coronavirus, but Nigeria in particular is faced with a latter fever outbreak, which is even more virulent than um, coronavirus. Um, the, the, the sort of the feedback is that um, this is a short-term problem; it'll all be over in two weeks. Uh, and and one of the ramifications of coronavirus is that vessels coming into some of these West African ports are on a sort of 14-day isolation before they're allowed in. Uh, that is putting a huge strain on on the the very limited resources of local West African navies. Uh, And I think that the pirates will see this as an opportunity and not as a a moment to, um, uh, you know, support the international efforts against the coronavirus. So I do think I do think that extra vigilance is really, really paramount in in, this particular time. You you can't talk details, I understand, but you're dealing with a current kidnap case. Has the situation with coronavirus made that more difficult to, to resolve, given the, the constraints in place? Yeah, I think that, um, and that wouldn't surprise everybody. I mean, there are various phases to any negotiation, including the um, the movement of money and, and including the repatriation of um, of the crew. And at, it, at every point, um, that is, that is a real challenge. Um, you know, to, it's it's like being in a sort of command and control exercise where uh, the, the people running the exercise decide that they're going to keep on ramping up the levels of difficulty. Uh, and in the last few days, uh, President Buhari has, has locked down Lagos and Port Harcourt and Abuja. There's no uh, traffic allowed between states. And so all of these things make it an incredibly 
um, challenging environments in which to to try and resolve a problem. And at the centre of it always is is the human human side, which is that we have crew members um, held in the Nigerian jungle. So, you know, there is lots lots of reasons why you don't want to be um, taken hostage during this particular crisis. Well, quite. It's never been a particularly good time to get kidnapped, obviously, but uh, given the circumstances, it is that much more dangerous for the seafarers. As far as the pirates are concerned, is there any evidence that the coronavirus has in any way impeded their actions? Well, I certainly I certainly don't think the pirates are going to feel constrained. I mean, there may be, um, you know, in terms of the constraints that are being put on movement which in around the states which include obviously the main jetty points the main entry points from the creeks being guarded that that may restrain some of the movement on the rivers but in terms of are we going to stop and 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 go into social isolation or or social distancing with our families i don't sense any of that i think um that there is real evidence that they are out and about and looking for ships to attack And from the industry's point of view, we're in a situation where crew changeover is becoming increasingly difficult, if not impossible in some situations. We're looking at crew operating in very difficult circumstances, often working well beyond their mandated shifts. And yet we are, as an industry, going out and saying you need to increase your vigilance at this time. That's going to cause problems, I think, on board ships, no? Yeah, I think, I mean, the I mean, not only have you got the worry of what's going on at home, um, which you probably don't normally have in the same way as a crew member, um, you're probably, um, you, you, you know, you're probably safe in that sense. But you're right. It's I know from other cases that getting crew, ordinary crew changes is very difficult. Now remove all your key officers of a vessel uh, from a vessel uh, during a, a kidnapping and hijacking and, and trying to just get replacement crew is now a huge challenge, let alone if any of the existing crew want to go home because they feel traumatised by the whole event. So it, 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 just, prevent, it just presents unique, unique challenges and, and does, does put extra pressure, certainly, I think, on the crew, uh, knowing that they can't easily, easily get home or tr- be transferred in, at the end of contract. Mm. We've seen the release of the new uh, best management practice uh, focusing on West Africa. It doesn't change significantly the the focus for ship owners, but there are implications there. And I think you were looking at uh, the implications, particularly through the lens of the the recent case of the Brillante Virtuoso. Yes, that's right. So the Brillante Virtuoso, which was um, a legacy piracy piracy case of Somalia, uh, which has um, some insurance uh, implications because the owner in that case was found to have been involved in the conspiracy to, if you like, attack his own ship. Um, The court also then had a look at what BMP and the guidelines actually meant from a legal standpoint. And that's the first time that's gone to the high court. And I think what was significant about that is that the the judge recognised that they 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 were guidelines. But he said, listen, you're not going to be able to look at these from an objective point of view and say whether something was was done or not. You you have to look at it through the lens of good faith. Uh, And therefore, there are things that are really, really important, such as a robust risk assessment uh, and hardening of your vessel. But a a master is the master of his own ship. Uh, But as long as he's been shown to act in good faith in what he's done 
and the decisions that he's made, then he's not going to fall foul of a um, legal legal um, hurdle or, or standard, which then which would then make him liable going forward. Um, and that may not matter so much at the moment in terms of what's going off on, on in Nigeria because we haven't seen cargo thefts where cargo interests may be then looking at the owners and, and working out why things happened um, with a view to making a recovery. But I do think it raises some interesting, um, it, it does raise, uh, it, it does put in place an interesting regime going forward as to how you assess whether or not a vessel um, or a master has complied with the um, recommendations of the industry investment management practice. Um, and one of those uh, things was, was around drifting and often vessels that find themselves drifting off Nigeria because that's possibly unavoidable or because they're saving fuel. And certainly in the Brillante Virtuoso, the judge focused on the fact that vessels were expected to be in transit at best speed. Uh, and again, if you're not doing that and you're drifting in the wrong place, you're going to have to show why in good faith you made the decisions that you did as a captain. So I think it, it's it's the first time that that's been looked at by the High Court. And I think it will be interesting to to, to see how and, and yes, yeah, to see how masters and owners can comply with this new guidance issued by the industry. Mm. And more generally, the the issues of the, the new BMP focused on Gulf of Guinea, presumably that is a, a welcome set of guidance for the industry to follow, but needs to be digested and read quite carefully, I guess. Yes, I don't think it's revolutionary because um, it, it's, it's, it, it's obviously grown out of the recommendations made uh, in BMP5, which applies which apply more into the Indian Ocean. Um, although that 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 latest, you know, that goes further than piracy because it does refer to the security risk and, and the risk posed by things like waterborne IEDs. So, so I think it's good that there is something which focuses on uh, West Africa, because simply because it's it's not you're not often in transit from A to B where you can put armed guards on board and um, report into a a fully functioning, sophisticated military headquarters like MSC HOA. So mm. it, it does throw up its own challenges. And I think that um, it, it's good that, that that's been reflected in its own set of, set of guidelines. Um, and just whilst we're talking about the Indian Ocean, I think um, you know, one of the real challenges out there, of course, is, is to maintain the maritime security framework around transiting vessels, particularly in the Gulf of Aden and the, and, and the Straits. Uh, and I know that, you know, working with companies like Ambry, that, that they've now put in place floating platforms at both ends of the Indian Ocean so that they are able to keep their, their maritime security operator workforce at sea for the duration of the um, coronavirus in order to help uh, and reassure owners that um, they haven't got people coming from shore and, and bringing coronavirus onto a vessel. So. Um, you know, I think it's going to be important for ships to be able to show that, um, you know, if they've been at sea for 14 days, that they, the fact that they've had maritime security operators on board hasn't compromised their, if you like, their sort of biomedical status. Mm. And that is very much going to be one of the aspects that's going to be looked at in terms of when a ship calls into port. What has, what measures have the ships been taken in, in order to uh, secure themselves, presumably? 
Yeah, yes. I th- I, well, I think that what you've got to do, I mean, and we've been through this before, haven't we, with this sort of Ebola and things like that, is that crews, are ha- masters are having to make declarations about who's on board, who's been on board, whether anybody's got a temperature, whether anybody's sick. Um, yeah, so, and as long as you've been at sea for 14 days uh, and with no problems, then you're you're probably okay. Those vessels um, which have been, you know, hopping between port and port are going to find themselves slowed down markedly because every time they go somewhere, they're going to have to self-isolate, as it were, before they're allowed to do discharge operations. Indeed. Or loading Indeed. operations. Well, thank you very much for, for coming back onto the uh, the Lloyd's List podcast. Uh, but for now, um, Stephen Askins, thank you very much. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast, Jakob Larsen, Head of Maritime Security at BIMCO. We are talking about piracy in the middle of a, a coronavirus epidemic. Security risk is still a concern for the industry. BIMCO, along with uh, the rest of the industry organisations, have this week released some new best management practice. This is basically the guidance for seafarers and shipping in terms of how to best protect themselves against the security threat. This is focused specifically on West Africa and the Gulf of Guinea, the real hotspot for for piracy. Could you just give us a quick view in terms of what that best management practice is advising and why it is so necessary that we focus on this right now? The the best management practice um, gives advice both to uh, ship owner companies, uh, operators, um, and of course the seafarers on board the vessels, on how best to to manage the risks associated with uh, with piracy. Uh, and in that part of the world, uh, the biggest risk is posed by by Nigerian pirates. So. Uh, Basically, it addresses a lot of the, the different mitigating measures that uh, one can take as a company or as a, a ship crew. Um, very much in the way we also uh, have uh, done for, for, for piracy, uh, Somali-based piracy. So it, it has something to do with how to, to uh, carry out the risk assessments, um, how to uh, plan your route uh, when you... Uh, uh, have operations in, in the area, uh, and also then how to uh, physically uh, protect uh, the vessel against the attack, uh, how to manage uh, the situation if pirates uh, get on board, and also a bit of basic advice on, on how to um, to conduct oneself if taken hostage by the pirates. So it's it's a bit about everything uh, related to um, to the security situation uh, in, in mainly in, in Nigeria. Mm. Because while the industry's attention is is turned elsewhere, this really still is a significant threat to shipping. We've had reports of a of a couple of attacks over recent weeks. Do do you see any 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 slowdown? Do you think coronavirus is is, is having any impact on the activities of the the pirates at all? On the face of it, I don't think uh, coronavirus will have any impact at all on on pirate activity, unless, of course, they themselves fall sick, uh, then probably they will not go to sea. Um, No, I think that the main driver in terms of activity in in the area is is probably, um, first of all, the political situation and secondly, uh, the weather. Um, uh, we have seen uh, over the past year uh, an uptake in piracy activity and, and uh, especially the, the gangs that are involved with uh, kidnaps have uh, increased their activities and the number of, of kidnaps uh, for 2019 was a, a record high. Uh, and actually uh, what we expect in BIMCO is uh, for this trend to continue. Um, 
in early uh, 2020, the the attacks continued, and we saw a number of uh, crew members taken off the vessels and held hostage in in the Niger Delta. But it seems now that uh, the number of attacks is, is slowing down a little bit, and I expect that's uh, probably due to the the onset of the rainy season uh, in Nigeria. Uh, usually, that lasts from uh, around March and then until July. Then we have a, a short dry spell during August, and then usually during the autumn it picks up again. Uh, the, the rain picks up again. So from August to perhaps uh, mid-October, there's another uh, rainy season, and then there's a long uh, dry period from October and then until March again. So so probably uh, the, what we see now is a, is a slight reduction, probably due to uh, to uh, increasingly uh, poor weather. Mm. And the fact that we've seen this best management practice released now and, and, and focused on the West African situation, clearly that threat has not gone away. But what, what's the sort of political situation in terms of the the various government uh, abilities to try and stem this problem? Because that doesn't seem to be happening in any way that is going to leave shipping feeling any safer right now. Um. Yeah, you are right that that progress in terms of improvements in, in uh, law enforcement at sea is uh, a bit slow. I'd say for a number of countries in the region, we have actually seen some uh, some positive steps taken. Uh, a country like Cameroon has initiated uh, protection measures in their in their ports and anchorages. Um, Togo and Benin, other countries also doing a lot, and even Nigeria is is uh, is actually right now doing a lot of investments in in their maritime security sector. Um, I think it's it's obvious for everybody that uh, the primary threat uh, originates from the Niger Delta, and and I think everybody's focus right now is on the Nigerian government and their willingness and ability to actually now uh, curb the problem. Um, we have seen a lot of sort of preparatory steps being taken by the Nigerians. They have amended their uh, national legislation to criminalize uh, piracy. And as I said, they've also, uh, they're in, in the process of, of uh, doing a lot of investments in, in, uh, in ships and uh, airborne assets and surveillance equipment to, um, to improve the maritime security situation. But now we really want to, to or we need to see that they actually uh, bring all these capabilities to bear and, and that it will have a, uh, a positive effect on, on the, uh, the number of, of pirate attacks. Uh, so, so this is where we are now. Uh, mm. Well done on the preparations, but uh, we need some some real law enforcement action now. Mm. And speaking of preparations, I mean, presumably the, the industry is, is going to be facing fatigue uh, in terms of crew. Um, we've got serious problems with uh, the ability of uh, shipping companies to uh, enact crew changeover. So crew are going to be tired. Crew are operating under extreme stress scenarios. But the message from you guys is, we still need vigilance. The vigilance message must sustain throughout this period and shipping really needs to be on its guard regardless of any other problems that it's facing. Yeah, that is correct. I mean, it is, of course, uh, an extra challenge that uh, some crew are facing extended periods uh, on board because they they cannot uh, change uh, as they usually do. Um, so that's really a big leadership task for, for any captain on board. A ship operating in this region is to, to keep the crew on their toes and, uh, and to um, stay vigilant because uh, vigilance is, is really everything when it comes to, uh, to eventually preventing a, a, a successful pirate attack. 
Wonderful. Um, thank you, Jakob Larsen, Head of Maritime Security and Safety for BIMCO for joining the Lois podcast yet again. Thanks, Mark.